Hi, I'm Hezekiah Hunter, daughter of Victor Hunter, and you're listening to the Daily Rhythms podcast on Anchor FM. Well, hello everyone, uh, Vic Hunter here, and uh, thanks for tuning in today to Daily Rhythms. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to learn more about the spiritual disciplines. So today we're going to be talking about um, what is perhaps one of the most challenging of all the disciplines, silence and solitude, silence and solitude. In his book entitled Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, uh, Donald Whitney defines the spiritual discipline of silence as the voluntary and temporary abstention from speaking so that certain spiritual goals might be sought, one of which is to hear God more clearly. As a hearing-impaired person, I know how challenging it can be to try and listen to someone in the midst of background noise. The same holds true with trying to listen to God in the midst of the background noise of our world. Whitney defines the discipline of solitude as voluntarily and temporarily withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes. More on how that looks later. As I was preparing for this episode, I asked a few people whom I trust this question. If you had about 15 to 20 minutes of time to yourself, what would you do? The answers ranged anywhere from reading a book to gaming to browsing social media to checking email. Well, if that's you, guess what? You are not alone. I don't know about you, but when I have time to myself, what is commonly referred to as me time, I want to relax. I don't want to think about anything especially if I've spent eight hours of my day thinking at work. My brain is on total overload, and I just need to turn it off for a bit. So while there's no shame in that, that time can also be used to draw closer to God, which is something I know you all care about. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, right? Now, having said that, Let me just mention four very important things. First, and if you don't hear anything else from this episode, please hear this. The God of the universe longs and desires to spend time with you. Does that sound strange to anybody but me? You see, I grew up hearing about a distant God, the man upstairs, if you will. But God says himself in Matthew um, eleven twenty eight through 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is so much packed into those three verses 
But the main thing I want you to see is that Jesus invites you to come. And he invites you to come with your burdens. Anybody got any burdens out there? I'm sure you do, as I do. So take the Lord up on what he's offering here. Spend some time with the wonderful counselor, as scripture calls him. He's there for you, and he has the answers to all those things that you find so burdensome in life. If you don't trust me on anything else, please trust me on that. Second, I know that spending time alone with God is really, really, really hard um, due to the fast-paced, sensory-overloaded world that we live in today. I totally get that. But isn't it worth it just to slow down, take a deep breath, and spend time with the God who cares so deeply for you, even if it's just five minutes. Third, I firmly believe that with the help of the Holy Spirit and a few helpful tools, it can be done. Plus, I want to share some of my own experiences in this area, some negative and some positive, um, just to make this personal and not theoretical. Now, I know what you're thinking. This guy's nuts. Well, that might be true, but it hasn't been proven, so I think we're good. But as hard as it is to believe, it can be done. And so I hope and pray that by the end of this episode, I am able to win this argument. Fourth and finally, I want you to know that this episode is for me as well as for all of you out there. As I mentioned in my first episode, I am not an expert at this stuff, okay? So I'm learning and growing right alongside you. So let's prepare for this journey with a few words of prayer. God, you tell us in your word to be still and know that you are God. We know the only way that we can know you as our creator, the only way that we can know and experience your presence, your power, your holiness, are in those still moments of quiet in which you lovingly and patiently reveal who you are. May we take full advantage of those times to slow down and engage in communion with our Creator. May we overcome the everyday challenges to this most holy and sacred time. So lead us, guide us, direct us, and teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me start by saying that many of us know the pressures of everyday life that often overwhelm us. We are stressed and depressed. A pandemic, racial unrest, and political upheaval will tend to do that to a person. 
But would it surprise you to know that Jesus had the same experience? Let me set the scene for you in Matthew 14. Jesus had just had a full day of highly intense ministry. He had just fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. He miraculously creates a situation in which everybody is able to have enough to eat, and then some left over. The lines had to be never-ending. Those of you who work in food service or um, supermarket checkout know what I'm talking about. You just want to be able to go home and soak in a hot tub, right? But you think, it don't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. So you continue smiling and doing your job, even though everything within you wants to scream, Why don't you people just go home? Or something like that. No doubt the disciples, who had the original idea of sending them home in the first place, felt like that. So finally, once everyone is fed, Jesus has some time to himself. And watch what he does with that time in verse 23 of Matthew 14. Matthew says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Now, I have visited the mountains of Colorado, and we probably look nothing like these mountains uh, that Jesus was on, but I remember the first time my family and I were driving up those snow-filled mountains of Winter Park, Colorado at night. And even though being blind, I couldn't see the mountains, I could feel the peacefulness of that scene. It was breathtaking. So I can only imagine what that prayer time was like for Jesus. Maybe he spent the time just listening to God. And you can do that, by the way. We don't always have to fill the silence with words, even though everything within our nature wants to do that. Not saying we can't do that, but just listening is also appropriate because it deepens our encounter with God. In the words of Richard J. Foster, silence is not about stillness as such but rather about encountering God in a living and vital holy hush. I like that. Getting back to Jesus' time with the Father. Maybe he spent that time talking to his Father about what a hectic day of ministry he had just experienced. Maybe he spent that time thanking God for giving him this time of peace in his day. We don't know. But I'd be willing to bet that he knew that if he was going to do another day of ministry, it was absolutely essential and imperative that he spend quality time communing with his father. And by the way, silence and solitude were regular practices for Jesus, not just a one-time event. We see evidence of this not only in Matthew 14:23 but also in Matthew 4.1, Mark 1.35, 1 
and Luke 4.42. In the Quaker tradition, this practice is often referred to as centering down. It is a contemplative prayer practice that involves three steps. They are release, receive, and rest. Let me repeat those. Release, receive, and rest. During the release step, you place your palms down. This is a symbol of your releasing to God. You verbally or internally release to God whatever it is that you feel you need to at this time. For example, you might release worry, anger, loneliness, depression, anxiety. It will be very specific to exactly how you are feeling at this very, this very moment. So these are things you need to get off your chest, so to speak. Maybe Jesus used a form of this practice to release the pressures of his day. After the release step, you quietly pause for as long as needed before moving on to step two. Step two is the receive process. You symbolize this step by placing your palms up. You are signaling to God that you are open to receive whatever it is that God wants to bring to you. Verbally or internally, you ask God to bring you his love, wisdom, strength, empathy, confidence, boldness, compassion. It is an open posture to receiving whatever it is that you think, and more importantly, what God thinks you need at this very moment. At the conclusion of the receive step, you move into step three. Step three is rest. You do nothing more than sit with God. You are in God's presence. You are a child of God. God loves you. Feel free to sit in silence for as long as the Spirit moves you. Let the Spirit move you to practice centering down when you feel the need. Centering down is a beautiful practice that leads one into contemplative prayer, resting in the pure presence of God. There is something deep within each of us that longs for silence and solitude. But in the midst of everyday pressures, how do we make this a reality? Surely we have biblical responsibilities toward our families and our jobs and our churches, and yet the longing is still there for the disciple of Jesus to commune with him. Plus, we were artfully designed to commune with God. The psalmist describes it as deep calling to deep, Psalm 42.7. But how do we shut out the world around us to make this happen? There are three things I believe will help us 
in this process. First, learning the discipline of not being comfortable with noise. I don't know about you, but speaking from my own experience, the first thing I often do in the mornings is reach for my phone. It's almost like breathing. It's automatic. Wake up, reach for phone. I have to train myself to resist this temptation. But I got to tell you, folks, it ain't easy. Second, but be intentional about finding time and space to center down with God. Sometimes you have to be creative in the shower, in the car, on the way to work, and even, and I'm uh, not trying to be crude here, while you're on the throne. No, I'm not talking about that throne. I'm talking about, never mind. <laughs> Uh, not talking about the throne of a king, but the, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, no, <laughs> no place is, is profane when it comes to spending time alone with God. Again, don't think so much about the quantity of time, but the quality of time. Third, don't feel bad if your mind becomes distracted during these times. From what I have experienced, and from what I hear from others on this journey, that is quite normal. It's like when you're in church, right? I don't care if it's the greatest sermon of all time. Your mind just goes all over the place, and mine does too. You think about batting averages, or somebody undercutting you at work, or the child you're going to beat, uh, sorry, um, correct as soon as you get home. All over the map, right? But sometimes, distractions are actually used by God for a greater purpose. Recently, during my time with the Lord, my dear wife came to my mind. Rather than thinking of this as a distracting thought, I began praying for her because I knew she was going through a difficult time. I imagined my wife in tears over her struggle and was able to pray for her more fervently and with compassion. Sometimes distractions may be used by God to enter into a time of prayer about that person or thing. For example, let's say you're centering down with God and your stomach starts growling. And you think to yourself, Man, I need to go in the kitchen and grab that pie out of the fridge. Now, I'm not saying you can't have the pie, but in that moment, maybe God is trying to get you to center on your hunger for him. I pray that this episode has been a blessing to you. There is so much more that can be said on this topic. I highly encourage you to read Chapter 10 of the Whitney book I mentioned, Disciplines for the Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Let's close with this. When the oceans rise and thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood. I will 
be still and know you are God. God's blessings to you all.